this is Michael Bosey. Welcome to the second episode of the new season of Marketing Without the Marketing. This week, I'm particularly excited because this is the first week of classes at Emerson College, and I'm looking forward to meeting my new class on Wednesday. As many of you know, I teach a graduate course at Emerson College here in Boston called Fundamentals of Content Strategy. It's a course that I designed, and it uses this live project uh, rubric to teach students how to run a cohesive content strategy and build an audience for their future business. Um, These are publishing students generally, so a lot of them want to be in the business and, uh, you know, will apply their, their skills in that industry. Now, over the past few months in particular, I've been doing a lot of this, you know, rolling the sleeves up, elbow deep in course creation, and not just for my Emerson course. While I was on a break from the podcast for a few weeks, it seems that course design has been a real primary focus for me, uh, for my own content strategy and the work that I do for clients. So for instance, I'm developing three separate online courses for three separate clients at the moment. And with my business partner, Dave Kusek, I'm about to launch in a couple months, uh, an online course called create biz, which will teach writers, musicians, and visual artists how to build a business around their creative work. And I'm developing three other online courses of my own. I got, let's see, basics of social media, basics of SEO, and basics of podcasting. All of these are for small business owners like you. And as I've been developing and producing each of these, it sort of got me thinking that, you know, if you're doing a content strategy, you're writing nonfiction content, if you will. And if you're writing nonfiction content, that really is at base teaching. So think about this. If you're running your content strategy to inform, inspire, enlighten uh, your prospective customers, then really what you're doing is educating them about you, about your company, and whatever product or service that you offer. So think about this. It's nonfiction content, which means that it's education. Now, you may not think of yourself as an educator, but Try that on for a minute, right? If you're truly trying to make life better for your customer, if you're here to serve, then what can you teach them that will do that? And this is exactly what I do in my course. I get the students to create a project that will teach something that they know to someone else. And it's also why I prefer a soft touch approach to marketing. I believe that if you educate your prospects and then let them come to a decision on their own, it will be a much stronger decision and more importantly, might actually lead to advocacy. And advocacy means that customers are creating new customers for you. And look, if you can activate that, it's more valuable than any single sale that you can make. So in this episode, let's look at a few things that really matter when producing content to educate your customers. Now, as I say all the time, the nuances matter. So there are endless things that make a difference in developing a successful course. But let's just for the purposes of this episode, stick to the very top level things right now, right? The absolute most important factors to consider when you're trying to educate in a business context. And to me, that comes down to four things. You've got structure, sequence, pacing, and resources. So let's start with structure first. Now, it's up to you as an educator to break it down into digestible pieces. Remember, your student, that is your customer, 
doesn't have the level of knowledge that you do about your sector. So breaking up the topic into small orthogonal pieces can be a huge help in getting someone, you know, on the path to learning. So you just start with the major sections or units that you're trying to teach and then break it down further into subsections, right? The smaller the pieces, the smaller those subsections, the easier they will be to digest. And that's good for your learner, always. All right, the next big factor is sequence. Now that you've broken down the pieces, what order do they go in, right? This part is extremely important to the beginning learner. What's the very first thing they need to know? And then what's the second thing they need to know? And then the third and the fourth and so on. And look, as an educator, it's up to you to make those determinations. And for those of you who are are experts in your field, which look, if you're running a small business, you are, even if you don't think you are, this can be one of the most difficult challenges because, well, look, you know a lot and you want to be able to impart your knowledge all at once, right? Because you know all this stuff. But to the beginning learner, this is absolutely paralyzing, right? This is why learning is very stressful. Uh, it's very difficult, very challenging, especially if you don't have exposure to the thing that, uh, that you're trying to learn. Uh, and you don't want to put your learner or your customer in that frame of mind, right? You want to make them feel like you're there with them, you're guiding them, you're helping them with this, right? So start small and then build up their knowledge brick by brick. The sequence matters. Now, next up, what goes hand-in-hand with sequencing is pacing. Now, this one is equally challenging, mainly because people learn at different rates, right? But a properly designed course or content strategy actually tunes the pacing to the audience. And often I've found that, you know, you can't get this right the first time, or it's really, really difficult to do that. It takes experimentation and iteration and fine-tuning until you can get it right. But in content strategy, this often comes down to two things, timing and frequency. So in other words, what are you publishing and how often? And obviously, the pacing is going to work hand-in-hand, like I said, with the structure and the sequence of this. And you'll find that you know certain modules that you teach or certain blog posts or certain videos that you create, some of those are going to be easy to digest for people. And some of those are going to be more challenging concepts. And it's up to you to, to sort of figure out not just the structure of the sequence, but the pacing of that uh, down to the module level, down to that individual sort of teaching unit. And that can be challenging, uh, but really important to consider. All right. And then the last big thing is the resources that you provide to go along with what you're teaching. Now, even in my course at Emerson, I provide a huge reading list, a small stack of required readings, and then hundreds of recommended readings. And why? Because I strongly believe that my students should learn this stuff, not just from me. Now, in class, that's valuable for a lot of reasons, right? For some very obvious reasons. But in business, this mentality, I feel, is just as valuable. So, yes, you can build up trust by being a purveyor of really good content about your sector. But think about this. If it's only you talking, only your opinions, it's always going to be a little bit less believable or it's going to take more time to build up that trust. So inviting other voices in, it will only support what you do. To me, there is as much leadership in curation of really good and valuable content as there is in original content creation. 
So you definitely want to bring that in as well. All right, so those, I think, are the big points. I mean, yes, there are a ton of other factors as well, without a doubt. But really, if you boil it down, I think it comes down to those four uh, major points. Structure, sequence, pacing, and the resources that you provide. But, you know, let me know what you think. Do you agree with this, or do you think I've left anything out? And, you know, let me hear from you teachers out there, especially. You do this stuff day in and day out, and we can all learn from your experience here on this podcast. But... You know, let's hear from you small business owners, too. You know, like I said, whether you think so or not, you are educating. And for small business owners, you know, let's face it, it all starts with you. I mean, if you can't do it, who else can, right? So it pays to get really good at this. I mean, as a starting point or as a seed that you plant. And look, someday with a good content strategy, you'll harness customer advocacy And all this will start to happen on its own. But none of it can happen until you start, right? So it all begins with that first piece of content. So what's your plan? Now, I don't want to leave you hanging. As you know, I offer a ton of help on this and much of it for free. So here on this podcast and my blog and in the near future in the courses that I'm developing that I mentioned earlier. And I do all this for you, the small business owner, because, you know, I'm a huge champion of the underdog. I want you to win and I want all of us to win. I just believe that we as a society are better off and making more progress and more innovation when small businesses and startups continue to innovate. And I've seen it firsthand at a big company, uh, you know, big companies stagnate. And with good reason, right? They take a protectionist stand and you can understand why they do that. But it stifles innovation, right? When you're trying to sort of maintain the status quo, that to me is the opposite of innovation. So while we need big companies or, well, all right, that's arguable, that that challenge, even though these are real challenges, are just not that interesting to me. And the status quo really never has been. Maintaining the status quo is it, it's an important challenge, I suppose. Uh, but to me, I tend to prefer progress, and that's at least what's interesting to me. So I hope that I can help you. And for those of you, if I've already helped you, I'm psyched and honored. Um, If I haven't helped you yet, I hope to get the chance to do so in the future. Uh, Either way, I hope that you get something out of this and let me know. Leave a comment, hit me up on Twitter. And most of all, just keep rocking it because I'm rooting for you. So thanks as always for listening. I'll be back again next week and really appreciate your attention. 